that's the beauty of NFTs. You know, their purposes and their uses have not been explored yet. And there's just so much potential and possibility. This felt like a sensible step in that direction. Welcome to another episode of Icons Artist Interviews by Floor. I'm your host, Christine Hall, and today I'm joined by my fellow C, co-host and co-founder, Chris Mattern, GM Chris. GM Christine and GM folks, really excited about this one, really excited to have Rick up here. So before introducing Rick, our guest of honor today, a quick overview of Icons. It started with an idea to combine something seemingly mundane, an icon that sits on your home screen, with iconic Web3 artists. See what we did there. And it gives folks a chance to interact daily with the artists and the art that they love in the space and creates a new digital medium paired with an NFT at an accessible price exclusively for floor users. So for the next 10 weeks, we have 10 drops from 10 artists. We're on drop number three with Rick Crane. With that, a warm welcome. Hi, Rick. How are you? Welcome to the show. GA. It's GA here. So uh, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to have you, man. We like to start by just getting a little introduction to you. Uh, how did you make your way into Web3, into the NFT space? So I, I studied art and design. I specialized in graphic design. So I was a graphic designer for a long time. And I started I sort of gravitating more towards illustration. And then I started doing T-shirt design. And then from there, the next step was uh, NFTs. So uh, yeah, it's been... I quite like uh, trying different things and being different, involved in different things. So... I can't, I can't really stay doing the same thing for a long time. What, what kind of t-shirts are we talking about? Illustrative. I have my own stores and... Uh, oh, very cool. Yeah. I, I was I was heavily involved in the Threadless community, um, which is a Chicago-based company. Really interesting business model. And um, they had a really strong community. And I spent a lot of time there and sort of developed my illustration skills there. Yeah, just uh, similar to sort of my NFT work, like it's nature inspired, architecture inspired, that sort of thing. Do you create t-shirts from your current NFT work? Because actually I would love one. Yeah, yeah. All my, most of my NFT work is available on in my stores. Um, some, there's, there are limitations. The collaborative work I've done, the generative stuff is not so easy, but yeah, and most, most stuff you can find via Twitter. How did you make that kind of journey from graphic design for apparel to NFTs? Like, how did you learn about NFTs? How did you get bitten by the Web3 bug? What's your origin story there? I used to enter a lot of t-shirt competitions and I won a considerable prize uh, with Threadless. And um, and so I thought, well, I'd heard about crypto. I thought I'd start exploring crypto. And so I got a little bit involved there and it was quite a learning curve for me because I'm not a massively technical person. And then, you know, I heard about NFTs and I started thinking, you know, it's just kind of, a, it was just a, a rabbit hole kind of thing. And then the fir- my first experience of NFTs was I jumped into um, Hiket Nunk, you know, the hen site on Tezos. And at first sight, I was wow, what is this? This is, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> um, and the way the site was designed, it felt really old school and um but i started to navigate and get my head around it and then i started uh, minting some of my earlier illustrations uh, with tezos do you remember the first nft that you bought and what came first you minting something or you collecting something 
you know, I can't remember. It was only like two two years ago. I started in 2021, but um, I don't know. It just feels like a lifetime already. Um, it's dog years in NFT space. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. it, yeah. Um, so I think it was probably about around the same time. I mean, the great thing about Tezos was the community. I was gravitate towards that from being like heavily involved in t-shirt community. I kind of like that way of working and making like real connections with people and, you know, getting to know artists, collectors and things. So the Tezos was perfect and it's a good entry point to, because of the price. So, um, you know, you start, you start with the intention of being an NFT artist, you end up being an NFT collector as well. Um, this is just so much good art that you can't help appreciate. Um, so yeah, they kind of went hand in hand really. That's awesome. And I, I think you may actually be our first kind of primarily Tezos uh, artist on this series, right, Christine? Yeah, um, but you definitely, your work spans ETH and Tezos and potentially even blockchains I'm not aware of. like Ooh, beyond? Well, I, I did experiment with a few, but I kind of gravitated back to, you know, it's, it's been tricky sort of navigating the space during the um, bear market, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just making the right decisions about what, where to put your work. Yeah. Um, and there's other factors as well. But yeah, I, I kind of mix it up between Ethereum and Tez Tezos. Very cool. So t-shirts are a very you know, classical print medium and, you know, Web3, very digital, you know, lots of different stuff you can do. Love to hear about your process and how your process uh, overlaps and where it differs between stuff you do in kind of more traditional physical mediums and you know what you would do uh, in digital. Yeah, so I mean, my work translates quite well across both because it's vector based. It's quite simple, and you can get nice clean colors and things. But what's interesting about digital is that you're not limited. I mean, when I first started doing graphics, you know, it was all print based, um, and you had to have a good understanding of print. And then when you first entered into T-shirts, it was screen printing and you had to, you only limited to eight colors or whatever maximum to make it a viable product. And now with digital, the world's your oyster, you can do anything. You can have like gradients, uh, infinite amount of colors, but then you can also explore um, animation and stuff like that. So what I love about it is it really can expand your, your options and, and, and you create a process. Love that. So for listeners who are less familiar with your work, um, Personally, I have a few favorite collections. I think the Shape Ships uh, series has been incredibly interesting to watch. It's a kind of burn to redeem approach. And you've even dabbled with generative art in Asekia on Tezos. Mm -hmm. Like, what's your favorite kind of art to make? Um, and what have you been enjoying lately? I, I really enjoyed the Shape Ships series. I kind of was a bit late to the, there was kind of a whole excitement around open editions you know how it works in the nft space is like it's crazy everyone's doing this i think oh maybe i should have a go at that and i'm often late to the party but um it, it it went sort of beyond my expectations and so i really felt like i wanted to deliver something special to people so i created a whole the whole series around that open edition and lots of um, mechanisms and i tried different things uh experimenting and that's one of the things i love about nfts in particular is you know, you can also be very creative with the mechanisms you use. You can have different dynamic ways for people to collect. And um, and that for me is quite exciting. You can be creative in that in that aspect as well. Also collaborating. I'm, I'm a big fan of collaborations. Uh, I feel like, um, you know, a big part of this is connecting with people and getting to know different people. And um, I just love the fact that the NFT space is so like inclusive and broad. 
And for me, I have limited skill sets. And so if I collaborate with others, I can bring their skills in and we can kind of work together and create something different. And so I find that exciting because, I mean, I have to say I'm quite a perfectionist and I'm, I'm quite used to you know everything being perfect to the pixel, you know. And then when I started exploring generative art and working with Rich Paul, um, I really had to kind of open up and allow the code to be creative as well. And that was quite interesting, relinquishing some of that control. Mm. But I appreciate that as far as an artist and developing myself personally. You mentioned collaborations. Asakia, which is one of, I think, uh, Christine and I's favorite pieces of work that you've done. It's just, it's visually incredible. It's so fascinating. Um, But you said earlier, you yourself are not technical and that was a collaboration for you. How did it just like physically work to work with someone else who's like animating this thing that's like your visual creation? Ezekiel is, is you know, 100% generative code. So I bought the kind of aesthetics and the concept and Rich. I mean, he's an absolute wizard with code. It's phenomenal what he can do. And so I think... I think the really important thing is to find the right partnership. And we were really lucky. We've discovered each other by accident in the FX hash uh, discord because somebody had copied some of my work and I was, I was kind of moaning about it in there and, and people were kind of, well, that's all right, you know, and, and Rich came along and supported me and, and, and our relationship sort of kicked off from that point. And, and it was a bit of luck really, but I think it's really important that the person is right and you gel. And we had the same sort of sense of humor. We are both British originally. He's in New Zealand now. And we're both, perfectionists you know it's like ocd about our work and delivering the right thing so um he has very separate set of skills and and my skills but they seem to blend really well and um he's he's incredibly patient and a sort of can-do person so if i say oh i wonder if we could do this or he he just give it a go you know but interestingly Ezekiel really took uh, it took about five months to create and um one of the funny things was is that he suggested just off the cuff, maybe we should introduce water and animate it. And and that's where it started getting so complicated. And um, I mean, he did an amazing job of that. I just, it's amazing to me the water wasn't part of the original because it is such a big part of the overall aesthetic and feel of the final piece. Yeah. For anyone listening, and if you don't know the pieces that we're talking about go look at them because Sekio is what got me into generative art. Like the, it is so well curated. Like when you look at a piece, you can't imagine that it wasn't a human hand that made every single decision of where the water goes, how it flows, how it interacts with the mountainside. Um, and then you realize, no, like this is this code, like code decides all of that. And like executes, which is wild, just mind blowing. Um, it's a very, very cool collection. We wanted to um, kind of deliver something that, at the end point, it was a nice piece of art that you want to print. But at the same time, uh, a lot of people are like, oh my god, it's animated. Didn't know that, you know. And so uh, it's quite mesmerizing to watch. I still love watching like the pools fill up and very cool. Okay, let's let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about the piece that you're releasing today uh, or this week. I don't know the exact timing of when this uh, drops. Can you tell us a little bit more about the inspiration behind the icons piece, what you were trying to capture, um, and just the process of of making the icons drop? I think as I've become more experienced and quite organic in the way my work evolves, I kind of, I don't, 
I might have a loose concept, but I will just literally go into, you know, straight into it and it kind of evolves. But the interesting thing about the floor um, brief was it was very flexible and quite loose. And there was only really one uh, stipulation that, you know, the little icon had the swoosh, the floor. So I kind of made that my starting point and um, and the illustration just kind of grew around that. I really enjoy sort of bringing together uh, surreal with representational. So um, that's how it just evolves, you know. In the piece itself, there are so like you could you could look at it and find new things every time, you know, like a ghost escaping out of a stairway, the robot, which yeah. is very prominent. Like, is there anything in there that is like your personal favorite that you gravitate towards? And when you're creating it, you're like... Yeah, like I have this affinity, this connection to this like element in the piece. Ooh, an Easter egg. Yeah, I mean, with my work, there's quite a lot of little, there's so many elements yeah. involved. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I love I love doing abstract geometric, but when I start putting representational things, naturally your eye gravitates towards those things. So I am a big fan of the ghost. My son said he really loved the ghost too. So uh, it's a quirky little character in there that makes it fun. The crocodile, I like the crocodile. But I was very excited because when I first started it, I didn't have the intention of doing the... uh, dark mode as well but when we started discussing that i realized that there was that was something that was really exciting to explore so the illustration sort of comes to life with that aspect when you flip from uh light to dark so that's very exciting i'm excited about seeing that you know this is an interesting collaboration or partnership because yes there's an nft that is part of the drop but it's also part of an app ui right like you mentioned there's the app icon that has our branding on it um, very loosely and the the banner in the app as well, like one of our goals is create a poster for your digital wall, something that you can go and visit and, and engage with on a daily basis. What was your reaction to that brief? Like, how did you approach it? How did you think about it? How strange was it when you first he- heard about the ask? I mean, straight away, I was I, I knew about Floor and uh, I was I was very excited to be part of it. As I said before, I, I like trying different things and exploring different things. And for me, it felt like, a, you know, taking NFT to another level and, you know, giving that uh, utility on the app itself. And and then the dark and the light mode, which I think is really exciting. So, uh, yeah, I was excited from the start. I, I think it, it's, it's good. Uh, that's the beauty of NFTs you know their purposes and their uses have not been explored yet and there's just so much potential and possibility this felt like a sensible step in that direction so yeah it's great the work really is breathtaking i I can't wait till everyone listening sees it and one compliment one one thing that i think is particularly hard about this sometimes is designing an app icon Uh, i don't know if you've designed one before or not it's actually quite a hard and unique challenge. You need something that's simple, but is at the same time distinct and impactful. And I think this one really captures what it means to both capture the swoosh, be very distinctive, but also kind of simplistic in a way that you know, doesn't clutter the home screen. And I think it's a really terrific app icon beside just being a really interesting piece of art. Yeah, I mean, it's a challenge working in such with such a small area of real estate and um you know, you don't want it to be too cluttered. So that that was that was the challenge. But as I said, I kind of used that as my starting point because that was the the only real sort of parameter. And from there, it kind of just uh, evolved. So cool. So before we uh, jump out, love to hear what else you're working on right now. What's coming up in the next few months? What should uh, what should you new collectors know? 
obviously uh this project i'm super excited about i can't wait for next week and then we've actually started our third collab me and rich pool our third generative art collab so that's very early stages um it's a bit of alpha for you and uh, uh yeah gosh i'm not sure uh yeah we're also exploring uh how we're going to deliver it as well so we haven't made a decision on that so that's in the process at the moment, very early stages, but I think probably early winter. I'm also, I've got quite involved with the Builders DAO and we're developing some really interesting uh, stuff coming up. I can't really say much about it, but um, it's been very energetic, dynamic and friendly DAO. So I'm really pleased to be part of that. If I can, I've got a few T-shirt commissions to do. And um, if I can find some time, I will start another personal project. Uh, you know, I love creating collections. So I'd love to uh, get get my teeth into something like that for myself. Amazing. It's amazing. I cannot wait to be one of your first collectors. Fingers crossed um, on that next collaboration. <laughs> yeah. So I think that wraps us up. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Rick, where can people find out more about you? So, I mean, my main place is, is Twitter. Um, my handle is Rick A. Crane, and that's where I, I kind of do most. That's where I communicate with most of my collectors and, and fellow artists. So that's the best place to go. I do dip into Discord, um, but I don't have my own Discord as yet because that's quite another thing to manage. Um, so, yeah, Twitter's the place to find me. Okay, everyone, go follow him on Twitter. You can find me at Christine underscore Hall. Chris? Find me at, at Chris Madden on Twitter. And you can find out more about Floor Icons at Floor or we got a new uh, account at Floor Icons. Thank you, Rick, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, follow us on at Floor and for all the alpha on Icons at Floor Icons. See you next week.